and welcome to the Friendly Firecast. I'm your host of the Rose, Kelson, and today I am joined by Best Bro Philip. Oh, hello. Professor Daniel. Hello. And nickname TBD Walker. Hey. Uh, uh da, da. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I just lost my train of thought. Okay. You said. You said hey. You get the gist. We get the gist. Um. Get it. Get it. How's everyone's week been? I'm tired. <laughs> Phil's been doing genetics for like seven days straight. I've been putting off doing genetics for like seven days straight. This is me as an undergrad and Daniel as a grad student. Fantastic. <laughs> well, I've been putting it off by doing other stuff, Philip. It's not like I've just been sitting here playing Final Fantasy IX all week, though I would love to. That's so specific. That's it's so topical. Hmm. It's so topical because today we're going to be talking about JRPGs. Um, JRPGs are Japanese role-playing games uh, that are it's a specific video game genre that's generally RPGs made in the East, uh, specifically Japan. And we're going to be kind of talking about that today and what they mean to us, why do we like them, and all that stuff. So I was going to start with what has everyone been playing lately, but I guess we can jump in. What is a recent JRPG everyone's been playing like within the last month or so? Because... I imagine not everyone plays a JRPG every day. <laughs> we can, we can kick well, it off. although I haven't had as much time as I would love to, um, Monster Hunter Rise, I guess, technically falls under the category of JRPG. Just barely. Um, I would say it's very action-oriented, but it, it has the same like sort of progression and skill systems and things like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, Capcom did a really good job with, with Monster Hunter Rise. I'm really happy with it. Um, can't wait till like, the later content gets released yeah I, I saw the new content trailer it looks pretty cool yeah right. um, so yeah that's going to be definitely pretty awesome man they range from action jrpgs to strategy turn based, turn strategy based, turn based where it turns almost into a visual novel but yeah. you know well there are like but, visual novel rpgs i guess kind of count too as a thing where they're more story driven um, whereas the other ones were kind of like gameplay driven because you have your Final Fantasies, which originally were like a turn-based RPG that have like over time become action RPGs. Isn't Final Fantasy more of like a storytelling kind of game? If I think about uh, it, it's, it's, it's a bit of both. Yeah, it is turn-based combat. That's, yeah, mm-hmm. that's for sure. But I feel Up like until, I think eleven or something. Uh, yeah, eleven. Yeah. No, 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 twelve. Twelve, like, kind of was oh, yeah. Yeah, a little different. Kind of action, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit more action. That's true. <clears throat> Thirteen was the big one that had like the big leap, in my opinion. But... And then fourteen is a MMO. MMO, and then fifteen is basically Kingdom Hearts two. I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, I, speaking of Kingdom Hearts, uh, is everyone here kind of familiar with the the main plot of Chain of Memories, which is the technically second game of the Kingdom Hearts series? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a well, weird the only part. thing I know about J- or, or Kingdom Hearts is that there's a JPEG of Donald Duck wielding like a Glock. I don't know where it's from, but it's funny. <laughs> so I kind of wanted to briefly talk about this because it was just a random thought I had the other day about uh, Chain of Memories specifically. So the whole thing about Chain of Memories is that people are forgetting about these characters because they're in this castle that's apparently like wiping their memories. 
And in Kingdom Hearts 1, this is the only time we ever see Sora's parents. Like, his mom's, like, calling him for dinner. Oh, for real? And, oh, <laughs> and, and, and Sora's mom's never in the series ever again. And I was thinking about this just randomly the other day. Uh, that in Kingdom Hearts, Chain of Memories, people are starting to forget about Sora's existence. So at some point in during the events of Chain of Memories, Sora's parents must have have gone to their child's room and kind of forgot that they don't have a kid because they see a kid's room, but they don't remember having a kid. And I was like, man, Kingdom Hearts is kind of dark when you actually like really think about the overall context of it, even though it's like really goofy and stupid with its dialogue. They have parents in Kingdom Hearts. That means sex is confirmed in its universe. Repeat. Question, question, question. Wait, wait, wait. Question. It's Disney. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> they don't really go into that. Wait, question, question. Like, wait, can't we assume that the memories are fake? Like, why can't we assume that the memories are fake and Sora and Riku and Kyrie are just orphans? And everybody on the island are orphans. Because the parents were actually, like, there's an actual dialogue. So there was, like, a brief scene in the first game, and it's never used again, where... um Sora's in his room and his mom calls out to him like Sora dinner's ready and then the island's getting attacked by the uh, heartless storm and he oh, runs out and he never goes back to eat dinner oh it's the, it's the first game right it's the first game but Chain of Memories oh. is the game in the timeline and and in of release because it came out before Kingdom Hearts 2 uh, it's oh, the direct that's sequel a that's a lot of game theory <laughs> that's a lot of <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a lot of theories to that. Dude's watched at least three videos. 40 minutes each. Dude was just listening to the soundtracks while he was working this week. That's all it is. <laughs> um, video game soundtracks generally tend to um, motivate me a lot more while working. And it, it seems to me just JRPGs in general have really good soundtracks. And I don't well, know why that is. That. Yeah, because you better have a good soundtrack if you're sitting there watching turn-based battles for 12 hours of the 30-hour game. Fire, Fire Emblem. Don't even get me started. Dude, Fire Emblem's got some started. bangers, though. But I got, I got tired in Persona 5 hearing the last surprise at every battle in Phase oh, P5. Dude, yeah. it gets so grating. Like, it's not a yeah. bad song, but I'm like, you're coming! It's just like you hear that, and it's like, oh. Did Mementos? Yeah. Do, do, do. <laughs> do 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 yeah. do do oh gosh it's so bad i hate random encounters actually i'm not a big fan of that like because it's like pokemon jesus christ like when you're going in the grass you're like hoping like crossing your fingers uh, i hope there's no pokemon when i'm about to cross i need to go to the poke center gosh dang it what here's the crazy thing about pokemon is somehow even though it's like so old and it's so like kind of dated in the fact that it's done the same exact design over and over they at least always have had repels that you can carry with you if you don't want to fight random pokemon that's true. i never used them when i was younger for some reason even though it makes perfect sense it's like okay if i just want to get around just buy a few you're not going to buy anything else in pokemon and yet tons of other games that have random encounters they don't even have any mechanic like that yeah that's dumb uh, okay I'll give i have a slight yeah. tangent on that because i have daniel's old soul silver copy because uh, he he gave that to me and I was uh, going to clear the game. I just wanted to see what his Pokemon were before I cleared the game so I could do a Nuzlocke run. And he's like in, out in the middle of the ocean and he has no repels. He doesn't have a flying type or anything to get to like a uh, Pokemon mm -hmm. Center. And I'm over here like, 
I texted him, why don't you have any propels? It's like, oh yeah, I kind of didn't realize those were a thing. I just didn't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And I wanted to use Jump Luff as my flying type, and she doesn't fly. So I just ran everywhere. And jump Luff also <laughs> kind of like, I mean, this is not a dig on you. It's just statistically on that Pokemon, it just is not that good. So quick I, I knew it wasn't that good. I wanted to use the underdogs. Quick question on the random encounters. Do you remember the random encounter music for Pokemon? I don't remember that. Uh, I remember Gen 3, but that's because Gen 3 is probably has some of my favorite tracks in Pokemon. Okay, because that's like something about uh, JRPGs is with random encounters. You're not looking forward to the same music every time. So this, that's why. That's, that's why. something... I but, actually, I mean, all the Pokemon music sounds the same at times, too. It's true. It yeah. uses the same formula anyways. Uh, but that's something that I appreciate about Earthbound and the Mother series in general. Um, Earthbound sort of doesn't have random encounters. Like, you can kind of abuse the, like, enemy spawns to kind of get around them. But the enemies are about as fast as you, so it's never really, like, you can get around a battle. Though, um, the music changes depending on what type of enemy you're fighting. So... And there's the tracks are named as such, so it's like battle against an armed foe, battle against a weird opponent, battle against a a robot or something like that, or an otherworldly foe. And so, yeah, I really like the the Mother series. And then Mother Three made it so you can run, so you can actually get away from enemies. Plus, with Mother Three, they actually make it uh, a whole part of the combat that you can extend your combo if you you know tap the the attack button in time with the music which makes the different types of music that you hear even more important and it it makes the turn-based combat not feel so like boring and formulaic which oh, i really appreciate okay. that's actually pretty interesting um final fantasy 10 was one of my first jrpgs and this is the kind of tie in the um random encounters so um in final fantasy 10 it's you have random encounters it's not like uh 12 where there's an overworld and you can choose to engage an enemy or not but in 10 there are certain parts of the game where the basic combat theme is kind of overridden by the like where you are where you are at in the game so it makes those moments in the game more impactful because it's not the normal like combat music when you're getting into a random encounter fleeting dreams is like one of the my favorite parts of the game because you're going back so the whole thing in final fantasy 7 is you're making your journey to an ancient city called xanarkin and it's probably one of the most memorable or recognizable themes in games that a lot of people have done piano covers and stuff it's just very memorable but when you have it as like the overall world like combat theme oh because it's like a remake a rearrangement of it it's so good and that's like a memorable change that I have of uh, when a random encounter has been made unique because you have these different music overlaid on top of it than your standard like um, and personified like hearing last surprise for the one hundred thousand time whatever. Um, you can tell I really don't like last surprise for a combat track because it's just it ain't no burn my dread or. Um, don't worry, they replaced it in, in the Royal. Well, they did the P4G uh, treatment. So P4, I think, only had Reach Out to the Truth. And then uh, they added Time to Make History. I might have that backwards. No, um, you're right. But um, P P4 has really good tracks in that regard, too. Uh, I shouldn't call them P4. It's Persona 4 Golden. I've got to remember not everyone knows what the acronyms because I'm over here used to my vernacular. I got percent for Colvin. I totally forgot about that game. <laughs> I gotta pre- you gotta appreciate Persona as a as a JRPG because like 
They're so stylized. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's the best thing about them is how stylish they are. But in their, in their music, um, definitely top two qualities about them that makes everybody attractive to them. But like, they also have some pretty good mechanics about like their dungeon crawling, especially like in the fifth one, at least uh, from what I know. Because you can you can sneak around people. You don't have to fight everybody if you really don't need to or you don't want to. But I also uh, like how each they, party member feels unique in their own right in terms of their functionality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Like your own Pokemon. Well, well yeah, <laughs> they I mean, that person. They're not a. They're not a pet slave. I, I know. I know. And yeah. in, in, in a lot of JRPGs, you have your physical attack uh, character. You have your magic user. You have your hybrid. Um, you have your healer. Um, and then uh, cool. this is unique to. Um, I, I don't know how much, I haven't played like a lot of Dragon Quest, so I'm trying to base a lot of my thinking off Dragon Quest how it normally does. But uh, I think it like buff characters, characters that do buffs, debuffs. I don't know how common that is, but I know in um, Persona, yeah, no. there's a whole character kind of in that role. Yeah. That does that, and also has like insta kills abilities as well that are you know chance oriented. But I think it's so unique in terms of a J- uh, RPG. What do you call that role where uh, it's like a support role that buffs and deep buffs, uh, buffs allies and support? Buff- <laughs> uh, just support role. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought there was a more unique name to that because that sounds so cool. Because I appreciate- um, utility is a w- word I usually use for something like that, like a utility based yeah. character. Yeah, the buff know. guy. The buff guy <laughs> or gal. <laughs> okay. Yeah, something I ended up not uh, liking about Final Fantasy VII, when I went to play through some of the older Final Fantasies, um, I started oh, with seven because I'm like, oh, it's the, one. it's the big one. You know, everybody everybody likes it. So clearly, it'll, it'll be a lot of fun. And overall, the game, it, does just, it just doesn't hold up well. But I think my least favorite part is the party members all have these really unique designs. You know, Cloud with his giant sword and... Tifa's like you know the like get in there and, and fight, and you have like Red Thirteen who's this like really cool like dog cat looking thing, but ultimately it doesn't really matter what their design is because you can make them whatever you want them to be. You assign different materia to their weapon slots, and you can form them into different classes based on what you want. And their stats are different, just barely, but it it never really like felt like I was being told what to do and I almost felt like I had too much choice because I could make Barrett a healer and like mage if I wanted to and Barrett does not look like a mage at all <laughs> he's a mage with a gun <laughs> that, was, that was something that was something frustrating to me but then you know when I moved to Final Fantasy 9 I ended up falling in love with that game because it has these really traditional character classes yeah where you have like you know the fighter and the thief and the black mage and the white mage but the characters were well written, and they they fit what they did in combat. So there was no narrative dissonance between what was happening in combat and what they were actually supposed to do. You saying you don't that. like Barrett? Can you imagine I, Barrett I like rolling Barrett up on you with money? I think he's a funny man. Um, I appreciate his his new voice actor in FF Seven remake. He's such an endearing character. But man, in the original, he just does everything he can to get in the way. Like, oh, that's stop. just his character in general. He's so like bullheaded. Yeah, that's a. Can you uh, just imagine Barrett rolling up on you with like a Harry Potter wand? <laughs> what if he like so in in the remake? Um, his his he has a prosthetic handgun 
arm. And imagine if you, so he has versions, you know, different versions you can equip. So there's one where it's like a claw, like a, like a hook. Imagine if it just became like a wand from Harry Potter. Like it's like a stub with like a wand. It's just like Thundaga. You just blast someone. That looks so Absolutely. depressing though. <laughs> I'm a, uh, nah, just keep it up. Some JRPGs don't have to be about fighting. You know? Oh, really? Well, what can it be about then? Oh, like, it could be really interesting, like Catherine. Catherine's oh, more of a Catherine? puzzle game, though. I don't That's really think Catherine's a JRPG. Oh, yeah. Well, there is choices. And okay, choice, choices. Choices doesn't mean <laughs> it's a JRPG, though. You just gotta ask yourself, what are find the, the Wolf Among Us and everything like that with JRPGs and we start saying choice? I don't want... No, those are... Those are, um... <laughs> are we gonna call yeah. Those are visual novels, almost. Yo, are we gonna call t- uh, Walking Dead the Telltale game? Uh, j- uh, an no, I was about to say, Philip. Telltale games? Oh, JRPG? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, there's an actual term for those games. That I oh, click point adventures. That's, that's what the genre is for those. Those are click point adventures. Click adventures. Yeah, they're click point adventures. Because back in the day, you had games like um, Fand- Fandango, Grim Fandango, uh, which was like a click point adventure. And uh, Monkey Island. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Okay, we're roasting Walker here. <laughs> we're, we're sorry. We're sorry. We're not. <laughs> we're two gamers. <laughs> <laughs> Japanese Lee Everett. Just. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, so oh, oh. Clementine Chan. <laughs> Kawaii Lee. <laughs> oh my God. Kawaii Desu. Uh, man. And where do we go from here? Oh my god, I'm trying to think. <laughs> where do you go from? Where do you go from? So, Kawhi, Lee, I mean, or... we, we could that? say talk about how like JRPGs generally have like memorable characters, whether from their art design to just their personalities. Like, um, Chrono Trigger, right, is unique because I mean, it's kind of also like when the Vayner Dragon Quest, but those characters are pinned by Akira Toriyama, who is the creator of Dragon Ball, so they have that unique art style that is very um recognizable as well because you look at that hairstyle. And like, oh, it's that's Dragon Ball. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think about Western RPGs and like the the difference between those two. Because like, when I think of a Western RPG, like for is Red Dead Redemption a, a Western RPG? Quite literally. I I see I see <laughs> well I see uh, Red Dead more as an action adventure game. Okay. But uh, when I think of Western RPGs, I think of like a lot of the Bioware games. I think of like uh, Mass Effect. Oh, I think yeah. uh, Skyrim. 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 Fallout. I would be inclined to say like more dungeon crawlers like Diablo to oh. me I think of Western RPGs. Okay. World of Warcraft, like an MMO RPG. You guys are missing out the best RPG that was ever made in the last decade was Witcher 3. Like that's the best Western RPG I've ever mm-hmm. played. Yeah, so, I kind of forget that's an RPG. That, it is. It's like the definition of RPG. Right. It, 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 it's so action RPG. Like sometimes I just think of like traditional RPGs, which were turn based, and I kind of just kind of forget action RPGs are. A thing. Play such a cool character with like good choices. Like I'm gonna pull an IGN, but you actually feel like Geralt of Rivia. Mm. <laughs> it gives me goosebumps every time. Every time I see him jump off a ledge and die from a 10-meter like ball. That, I'm like, that's me. That's me. <laughs> that's me. I was, no, I was Every like, time I cut a monster in half with the silver sword, I feel me. like me. That's me. They actually have pretty wow. memorable characters, if I think about it, in Western RPG. I was like, wait. <laughs> well, uh, I'm, well, I don't know if y'all have ever played Mass Effect. I think uh, it's been a few years since I played Mass Effect. 
Um, but I, I some of those characters, some of those alien races and stuff are super memorable. Miranda. Uh, I kind of forgot Miranda existed because I didn't like her character. But I, I'm just thinking of like Liara. Liara is one of my favorite characters in that game, um, along with um, Morden, who is a, a Solarian, which is basically an alien. He's an alien scientist. Um, How could you be a Mass Effect fan and not mar- remember Miranda? Because <laughs> she kind of just there for fan service. No that's kidding. Like, I mean, it, it, it's like no <laughs> kidding. Because <laughs> that's not where my mind's at when I'm playing it. Um, but I love that's the Krogan. That's where the cameras dude apparently they're censoring all that in the uh the remake like they're, they're changing all those cameras yeah that's what i'm making the joke but it's like sometimes like i'm more focused on the gameplay that i don't even notice stuff like that it's just it doesn't dawn on me at least for that game I mean, so near near is a little more obvious with its um oh. fan service uh just because of the what character designs fan service is that what we're calling? <laughs> so, um, Near Replicant just came out um, last week. I've been slowly playing my way through that, and I'm I'm enjoying that tremendously. Opinion wise, I think Atomina is the better game, uh, just because of the pacing. But that does not mean at all that Replicant's a bad game. I'm still my first playthrough. In like most of those games, you have to do like three or four playthroughs to get the true endings and all that stuff. And there's surely different things in each playthrough. Um, and I do know that there's a. Uh, Part one and part two, apparently, and so I'm still in part one. I do know that. Um, just to give context, not where I'm at in the game, but it's the thing I love about Near is the music, because um, yeah. it, it it's so immersive. Because the way the music is created in the game, it's all uh, in a made up language called Chaos Language, and it just gives this world its own unique feeling. And so normally, like a vocal track, right, like in Persona five your ears focus on it because it's in english and we as english speakers notice that and so it's we're kind of just singing along or more focused on that whereas it's not distracting and near because it's in a made-up language it's just it's kind of like white noise and we don't really notice it as much and i think that's what makes it unique because it feels like a you know like chrono trigger has one of my favorite tracks of all time quarters of time is a banger you say that you say that it's not distracting meanwhile you learned all of the latin lyrics to fallen mm. one way angel <laughs> mm. i'm also just a nerd mm. <laughs> all right speaking of chrono trigger so uh-huh. something popular with jrpgs um is silent protagonists Oh yes, that's even just here. RPGs in general. Because yeah, RPGs have that in general, like Skyrim. Yeah, that's the Old Republic. Who would you say, like, when it comes to like characters, who is your is your favorite silent protagonist besides ones that you just make and you are? <clears throat> this is where are I leave. Are we not going to mention Link? <laughs> well, it's all this. Is Zelda considered an RPG at this point? Because I don't know if Breath of the Wild makes it an uh, RPG or not. Probably not. Yeah, I'll take that probably. back. Yeah, Legend of Zelda's not an RPG. I'm taking that. I take that back. Um, silent protagonist. Oh my god. Persona is like the only thing I can remember. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm thinking, you know, Chrono, Ness, Lucas. Um, yeah. I technically would have Final to Fantasy s- protagonist. I would technically have to say. Um, the char- the character the main character the character you play as in the old republic the first old republic um i don't I, well it's been over 20 years i guess i can kind of spoil the main plot yeah but uh fun. i mean he's also a really it's also a really popular character in the star wars canon uh so you you play as darth revan um you have your memory wiped and uh that's the old republic in the first game you, you you're you're being kind of trained to be a jedi again but you have no memory 
and so you're trying to be used as a tool to kill your former apprentice as when you were one of the dark lords of the sith so it's a redemption story and that's one of my favorites just because he's such a popular character that he eventually gets the voice later on the later installments but you are this character and you have a lot of this lore behind you and it's just it's a very memorable character for what it does to the story and just how it affected star wars in general because the over public era in star wars is probably the most um iconic era that was made um outside of the expanded universe stuff that is not canon anymore like the um new republic era mm. you guys guess my favorite character Joker Persona 5. No, is that you, Narakami? Dude, looks so good on you, dude. Oh my god. I like well, you, Narakami. Chad Narakami, baby. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, cool. Okay, I, I, I would say you, Narakami, has to be number two for me. I haven't um, had experience. No, nah, the Persona 6 protagonist is the best. Not even out yet. We don't even know who that is. <laughs> I can see the future. <laughs> I wish they would take Persona into it. This is just a Persona rant for me. But I uh, wish they would take Persona and get rid of the high school theme and just take it where like they're adults or maybe college at least. I don't know. Oh, college would be cool. I yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is P three college or high school? Uh, high I think school. it's the okay. high school. Okay. I, I I never played P three. But it's it, but it's like so, a college high school. Like yeah. It's like one of those like they have a dormitory and everything. Dorm. I I'm like, I'm vaguely familiar with it. Prep. But um, yeah, can't. What were you, what was the topic again? Uh, silent, silent protagonist. protagonist. Sochiro. Sochiro Sakura is <laughs> not a silent protagonist, but he is a fantastic character. I like my coffee dad. <laughs> oh my god! Causing no trouble now. Philip's struggling. Oh, you're. Yeah, bad. no, I can't think Philip's of any silent protagonist. Dude, Violet. Chrono is literally Jesus. Is he yes, really? Yes, we, we know. <laughs> so is Madoka Magica from the anime. <laughs> I was going to say, um, Noctis in Final Fantasy XV, there's a lot of Christian allegories in Final Fantasy XV. It's really interesting. So, oh, is there really? Yeah, so the uh, main antagonist is basically like made to be like the Antichrist in the way he oh. acts and behaves. And just the way he's like the um, antithesis to your character. Who is made to be out to be like the Messiah who will save the world? A um, Bible question: Is there? I, I don't know this because I don't never focus on this. But there's like, are there ever mention of any form of antichrist figure in the Bible? Yeah, Revelation. Revelation. What is the idea say? that any anything that's a false prophet of any way? And and of course JRPGs are like oh we eat that stuff up yeah, yeah. That's, our, that's our final person oh bro oh no J- uh, say a god persona well Japanese um storytelling in general like oh other religions we can use that as source material let's, let's write that down let's make that a story literally just persona. I always yeah this always is like a I don't know this is a trope and I find it so funny the the final boss of and every, persona 2 is Hitler it's a god it's is a god and a final boss of every RPG game is a god I'm like thinking I mean if, 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 if P2 it's thing, Hitler it's funny yeah if they're gonna well, go with the god why... thing then technically persona 2 they claim Hitler's a god <laughs> dude he also told me he wields the, the the spear that killed jesus no no no, it didn't kill jesus it was the spear that pierced his body when yeah, they were checking him, i mean yeah. yeah uh so in context uh persona 2 they have a character uh they 
um, I think Call renamed it as the Fuhrer. Did they rename it the Fuhrer as like censorship? So they, they also gave him like shades. Dude, it is like Jake the... think of him wearing shades? Like, is yes. he smiling at you? And he, they also gave him like a trench coat too. So it's like they made him like all spiffy looking. And like yeah, the censorship like, is like really funny because they're like trying to make it not obvious who it is. The like get away from backlash and stuff. And so like Persona 2 is like any character in this, uh, all characters in the games are purely fictional. So any resemblance to real life uh, people or history is purely coincidental and then you have hitler who is not coincidental at all <laughs> my theater happens a drip <laughs> so if you guys want to kill hitler this is the game it's also old that's why i want to remake just so i can fight hitler because i missed like well i need i never got to play all the wolfenstein 2 i think you actually fight hitler at wolfenstein 2 they, they're gonna remake b3 before they're gonna remake one and two. Oh yeah well I, honestly i think in persona 2 if they're gonna make a remake for that and i think they are i'm yeah correct me if i'm wrong but like i think they're gonna get rid of that uh hitler uh the the hitler character oh yeah because it's 2021 yeah but i mean he's he's all well it's also japan japan doesn't give a crap yeah you're right i mean they they released my shimshira nuri on king of fighters uh 15 and twitter had a field day with it (laughs) (laughs) japan is so based japan is like we we like women we're like, no, you can't do that. Deal with it. But like, yeah, like the, I think they're gonna uh, remake it as a different character. Like honestly, because they, I, I know Japan does done that before. Uh, I don't. There's like one example. Just, honestly, they could just replace him with Oda Nobunaga, and in, in the same plot would basically work. They could have put in a different. Character. Well, I was saying they could put Oda Nobunaga because he's like, in terms of like brutality. He's on par. Well, why not Genghis Khan? Because <laughs> I forget Genghis Khan exists sometimes. Because just even though that man born, how many? Uh, uh, he born a lot of children. I just yeah, children. I like I, I just I've not been thinking about the blood. Mongols for some time. Because I haven't watched any John Green videos like I did in high school, where he's like the Mongols are coming. <laughs> Mongols, break down. Uh, Mongols, uh, come. Yeah, bye. Yeah, smell. <laughs> Yeah, but Geng- Geng- Genghis Khan was literally, like, history topic right now. He was literally, like, the biggest player of all history. <laughs> he- Genghis Chad. Yeah, no, the, uh, no I'm, I don't want to give credit I, I, I don't want to get too much into that topic, <laughs> because we're like going to go into words I don't want to use. But anyway, even though we yeah. spent, like, three minutes on Hitler, um, all right, j- back just, into JRPGs, no, 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 this no, was no, a no, huge no. tangent. Fuhrer. The Fuhrer. Yeah. I just think it's funny that you can kill him. <laughs> um, so some some have like really convoluted plots, right? Like Kingdom Hearts. Mm. He just wanted to segue into talking about Kingdom Hearts. I really did. <laughs> Dang, Daniel, yo, you want to leave? <laughs> hey, I'm good I just go want to have the rant about Kingdom Hearts because Daniel's rant on Kingdom Hearts One is hilarious. Oh, my oh okay. You want to share your experience with the class? No, okay. This game sucks. I. My friend Tony even told me, he's like, I honestly just play Kingdom Hearts 1 so that I could play Kingdom Hearts 2. Because apparently that's, like, the good one. That's the best one. Kingdom Hearts 1, pain. Absolute pain. To put it into perspective, every JRPG I'd ever played in the past, you have at least, you know, full control over yourself and your party members. You don't get that luxury in Kingdom Hearts 1. For some reason... You don't even get it in Kingdom Hearts 3. You don't, you don't get to control Donald and Goofy. And they don't freaking know how to program anything in 2003 or whenever the heck this came out. So 
as a result, Donald will just start using whatever you put in his inventory, including his mana potions. So he'll use all his mana up on these, you know, petty little enemies, use up your mana potions, and then you're out of mana potions. So boo-hoo. Also, you get like no money from anything. Money spelled M-U-N-N-Y because we have to be quirky and Disney and all that. And then on top of everything else, you go from place to place in this stupid gummy ship yes. that is the dumbest <laughs> thing in the world. I spent like 20 minutes editing my machine with all these gummy parts and it didn't even matter because all the gummy levels are super easy. And you go from place to place and then you finally get to Aladdin or whatever the heck and you keep dying to this one boss and you keep running out of potions. Well, where do you go to get potions? You got to go all the way back to Traverse Town. So you got to go through two gummy ship segments just to get there to go buy your potions just for Donald to use them and then go the game sucks and the, don't even get me started on the combat it's not like it's fun and then the entire time I already know at the end of the friggin series they're just like actually it was friendship all along but they have all JRPGs. this other stuff going on and these Final Fantasy characters with different names I gotta go talk to Leon not Squall I gotta talk to Leon I hate that game Goofy <laughs> doing his tornado spin. Not gonna lie, they do have bad AIs when it comes to. Uh, it doesn't get better. I mean, Kingdom Hearts Three is a little better, That's... but it's still really bad. I was watching a someone mod uh, since Kingdom Hearts Three is now on PC. Actually, the entire Kingdom Hearts series is on PC now. Uh, came out this month, I think, or sorry, April. We're in May now, and. Um, what they did was they had the Zimnus, they recruited the Zimnus final boss fight from Kingdom Hearts 2, which is arguably one of the best final boss fights in the entire series. And uh, in the in the fight, you have your best friend, uh, the main character, Riku. Uh, you have so oh, yeah. you play Sora. So it's Sora and Riku versus Zimnus. And Zimnus floats around like he, he likes to be in the air. He's very floaty. Air the the Riku AI does not attack the air at all, so he's just like on the ground, hundred percent of the time, just patiently waiting for Zimnus to fall down. <laughs> and so the AI just keeps dying because he can't do anything. And so like, um, I think some of y'all have actually watched me do the Zimnus uh, data battle when I was in college with y'all. I don't uh, remember. Uh, it was when I spent over like a hundred tries to be because it was really hard. So the data fights were really hard. Uh, oh, a few of y'all saw it. Uh, I think Daniel did because I remember him like seeing me like chow down some noodles. So I was angry. Mm-hmm. You got so, so close. Oh, I beat him. Yeah. But off the screen though. Our screen. The this this fight was like insanely hard because he's so floaty and he does a lot of damage. And it's a long fight just because it's he has a massive health bar. And so it was funny watching this guy do this fight with Riku, who does absolutely nothing. Riku's just on the floor at the time, like, knocked out. And that, like, sums up the Kingdom Hearts series AI in a nutshell. It's, like, half the time dead and half the time not doing anything. Yeah. Either way, Kingdom what Hearts, was... its yeah. plot is just yeah for me. Yeah, what threw me off about Kingdom Hearts 3 is I thought that was the final chapter. I was like, oh, this is the ending. Well, so all the interviews leading up to it, Nomura was like, it's the final one in the Xehanort saga. And so he was like making it something like like an arc. He was like, like, it's making it like an arc, like an anime arc. And I'm like, I hate you, Nomura. Yeah, dude. No, just kill the the series, 
please like mm. well to be oh fair the God. like the you they already went through three voice actors for the main prota- uh, main antagonist for <laughs> the series at that point because it was first Leonard Nimoy in the West Xehanort yeah uh Xehanort and then he passed away because he was old uh the Japanese VA died as well passed away because he was old and then they got uh another like old 80s actor um I don't remember his name, but he passed away. And so when they had to do the DLC, they got the guy who played Doc Brown from uh, Back to the Future, Christopher oh Lloyd. They got Christopher Lloyd to be Xehanort. Oh and so Xehanort is like really ham now because of um, Christopher Lloyd's uh, performance. And I love it because uh, I like him a lot better than the guy they got for base Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, that's it. Yeah. It's just like the story. Like, this is how it's so hard to sell a new fan to Kingdom Hearts is like, do they really want to go through all these games? Yeah. Well, the problem is that he makes everything canon. That's the, that's the issue. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying is like, he needs to figure out how to make this game more simple in terms of story. And like, you know, and just, just end it, (laughs) please. No, nobody likes having a, a dragged out story. Nobody likes that. At that point, people are just be like, "I'm I'm okay with a bad ending. I don't care at this point. <laughs> Nobody cares, you know." So that's that's why I have issues with Kingdom Hearts is they they can't end the story. Well, Final Fantasy VII almost has the same problem because it wasn't until I saw like how many spinoffs of Final Fantasy VII there are and how all of them are canon, and then how they're all trying to make all of them tie in, and that Final Fan- the new Final Fantasy VII is like this alternate timeline. Alternate time, yeah. And all these I, other bits are still canon, and now it's like now it's getting like into Kingdom Hearts territory where it's gonna get like mm-hmm. hyper confusing. My least favorite part about JRPGs um, in general is the um, the big bad syndrome, as I call it, mm. where you think one person's behind everything, but then it's like actually it was this other person the whole time. You thought it was this person, but it was me, Dio. And it yes. it's really common in like Final Fantasies. Um, I love Final Fantasy Nine, but it kind of does this to a degree where you think it's Queen Bran, but then it's actually Kuja, but then it, oh maybe it's Garland, but no, it was it was Kuja, and it's kind of frustrating. So I, I appreciate see- RPGs that are able to create a good villain stick with it for the entirety. I know that there's some hundred hour games out there that need a little bit more complexity. But like Xenoblade also does a really good job of of working in that sort of big bad syndrome in a yeah. good way. Well, Final Fantasy in general, it seems to be doing that because I think of like Kafka because Kafka was like a reveal later. I think I never played six, but I no, he's 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 kind of is he front and center? He's front and center. Okay, he's like the first person you actually meet. Okay, but I didn't know if he was like screaming the big bad. I didn't know he had he has like this betrayal moment. He do, well, he does work for um, I forgot his name. He works for the emperor and then um, essentially backstabs him. Um, but it's very clear from the beginning that like Kefka's insane, um, and he only gets more and more insane and more and more godlike as he goes on. The Sephiroth is pretty front center. That's a nice change in FF7, but then like 10, it's kind of like you have two big bats, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've oh, never man. played 12 all the way. And outside like the first hour. 13, I remember being 
Yeah, thirteen was bad. just hard for me to get into, so I have no idea. Yeah, no, yeah, the, it's like Danny, what Danny says. It's like the big bad syndrome. There, mm-hmm. there is no clear villain in thirteen. And then shout out to Mother Three for making you able to slowly pick up on the fact that oh no, the masked man is probably your brother, and keep the villain from a previous game, and make him even more obnoxious and hateable. And finish off with one of the best final bosses in gaming history, like ever. Mother Three is awesome. So you would say it's like one of your favorite junior PGs. I know you didn't just mm-hmm. say junior PG. You want to explain yourself? I thought it was funny. Go ahead, have a seat. Do Are they have just... romance auctions? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> no, it's, it's not a JRPG if they don't have romance. As, uh, you get to play as Salsa, and he has to like. He has this whole arc where he's trying to find his girl, so technically. Okay, so. that's actually a good segue to a topic in, like, RPGs, that they have the... Everything now no, feels like it has to have, dating. like, a romance option. Not oh, Persona 5, dating a teacher? What? What? <laughs> While he we know Walker's wife, who? He, he, he had a shaggy moment there. He's like, <laughs> oh my god, school, school, he's a teacher. Call him, mommy. Does a turn RPG have to have a romance option? Um, well, no. no, no. It's I would say it's becoming more mainstream these days that it's now yeah. in there. I I, I remember the I first did. RPG. It wasn't even a JRPG. Um, it was Western RPG. Uh, nice Little Republic. It seems like I'm talking about that a lot today, but it's, I guess it's just very pro- profound for my gaming career. Um, it was the first game I've really played that had a romance option. Mm. But it wasn't like a big. It wasn't like something I really knew it was a thing because you're also a Jedi and that's usually kind of forbidden. So it kind of was just felt kind of out of place, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, you cannot date girls. But, but, but I mean, it's it's been like, real. it's like in Witcher, it's in Mass Effect now, it's in um, Persona, it's in Fire Emblem. It's in everywhere in Fire Emblem now. It's kind of annoying Fire Emblem. I'm going to be honest with that. Um, yes, that's why I can't play the new Fire Emblems. Because, <laughs> like, it works well with Awakening, because it works with Awakening's plot. But it is... It it's is frustrating to me that Fire Emblem has, has become... It went from, oh, look at all these interesting characters, watch their story unfold, to insert yourself into the story and try to find which ones you like which was yeah so it's so it's it's so tiresome i mean i fire emblem persona i i love the games i still think they're really fun games but that's why i love echo i think echo fire emblem echo so fire emblem is a uh, strategy rpg jrpg it's turn-based uh you are on a grid map it's kind of like chess where you have turns, you have rounds, and you have your units, and each unit, so you have like an OP bishop, essentially, which is like your priest, um, if in terms of chess terms, and they have their own different functionalities, just to give a little context. And in Fire Emblem, uh, over the years, they've had where you're a self-insert character now, but back in the day, you had characters that weren't self-inserts, and so they did a remake of technically the second game of the series, uh, I think in 2017 they re-released it, or, or was it 2018, whatever I turned 20. 223 whatever i became old enough where i can go to a casino i don't remember um they had um this character named alm and it, it was just like this traditional like war story that fire emblem was kind of known for and they did some liberty changes into the story it, it is really really good it's a, the it was the first fully voice acted fire emblem game and it's 
It's so good. It's easily one of my favorite Fire Emblem games because of all the changes they did, and uh, it feels good. It feels good to play because of the mechanics they added. So there's this one level, and it's just like the way I played it, and it's uh, you're you're having to go up this fortress, right? So there's this castle, and it's defended by archers and stuff on this border, right? So like if you're trying to bring your units, so Fire Emblem has a permadeath mechanic. If your character dies, they're permanently dead, and you have these units coming up this keep. But if you go straight for straight up, like without a plan, your characters can get damaged really bad and can die. So I had the foresight. I'm like, oh, this character can use warp. I can teleport, like slowly put my units on the edge of the, the, the castle wall and start like slowly making my way down, killing the units and then just open the castle gate from within. So and you're so- telling me that the gameplay in Fire Emblem Echoes was more prominent than the romance that was in Fire Emblem Echoes. There was no romance. There's no there's no like self insert romance option. That's why I love it. Oh no, yeah, that's what that's what I mean. Like there's no self insert. I just romance. got in the tangent because I love Fire Emblem Echoes. Yeah, it's, I got it's you. so good. My so back on the question on the the romance, I think it depends on the plot because if it's prominent to the plot, I think uh, someone can vouch for me for Final Fantasy X. I never got to play it, but can someone tell me if the romance in that was good? Yes. Okay. I mean, and- I liked it, but I mean, I haven't, I need to go back to it, because I'm going to be honest, I've, I've always gotten to the end game of Final Fantasy X, and I've never finished it. Okay. Because uh, there's a lot of stuff you can do at the end game. Um, right. Like, I've gotten to literally the where you have to go inside Sin. There's a monster <laughs> called Sin. That's yeah, Sin. Like a calamity. <laughs> Um, so, so I guess the verdict is that if the romance is part of the plot and not too much subplot and I guess part of the gameplay. Then let me throw, let me throw my, my hat in the ring here. Um, Final Fantasy VIII, despite all my other problems with that game, um, uh, Final Fantasy VIII is heavily focused on the romance of Squall and Renoa. Okay. And for what it's worth, I think it, it does it well. It's okay. But because that romance is the like front and center it's literally the the icon of final fantasy 8 is renoa and squall holding each other in an embrace okay this is like the same with 10 they're putting it front and center Mm -hmm. and it's not good enough to be front and center like they put all their eggs in that basket and it's like eh. it was and meanwhile final fantasy 9 the zidane and dagger like sort of relationship that they have it goes is dagger to, a person or a weapon? It's a it's a person. Okay, I want to go on the interpretation of that. Um, Zidane and and dagger like they they kind of hit it off at first, but then she's like a princess, so she doesn't like him. Then they like get separated, yeah. and there's like this like tension and this pining between them. But then like she like becomes queen, and so he's like, man, I'm not I'm not worth it. I'm just like a peasant. And there's this pining that goes back and forth, and like it lasts the whole game. But the game's not focused on it, so it's just like this thing that you're constantly like, "Oh man, like I can't wait for this to freaking happen," because finally, eventually, it's going to. And then at the end, spoiler alert, he he dupes her because he he basically pretends that he died, um, trying to save uh, this other character, uh-huh. and there's a big reveal at the end, and she like throws off her tiara, she throws off her pendant from from her her grandmother, like all this other stuff. And it's like, oh man, that's a good romance right there. And because they didn't try to make it front center, because they didn't force it, it ended up being good because they have good writers. So, so like, if you're going to make a romance the front center, it better be 
dang good. So but like all other situations where you're trying to like create this like dating aspect and yeah, it. Uh, so do you think okay. go play Honey Pop? I have a no. no. I have an artistic question for this. Do you think music enhances scenes like that? Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Think of it. No music. Well, no music. You hear all that. Well, sometimes it just depends. Um, there's a music sequence in Final Fantasy X for the love scene. It, to me, I don't think it fits really well because it's like the it's a Japanese lyrical piece and it's like the only one of the game. Uh-huh. And it's just really off putting. But uh, there was a side quest I completed a near replicant the other day, and uh, it hit hard because of the music, not and it, it, because also the subject matter. So there's this lighthouse lady who's been in this. It's been her job for over fifty years, and her her loved one went overseas at one point, and they've been separated for for years. You find out later, um, she really wants to meet up with them. She's like dying, and she wants to leave her her position. But the village, like she's the only one in the uh, in this like sea village who knows how to operate the lighthouse and you're like trying to figure out why can't she go why why can't she go and you find out the village has been lying to her for 50 years that her 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 love person her beloved is dead and they've been perpetuating the lie so she has this sense of hope and so, so she can keep doing the lighthouse do you have this conundrum do you tell her the truth or do you not tell her the truth and per- per- perpetuate the lie Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh god, this feels like uh, and, Persona Five. <laughs> and and it was, it was dude, talk about like a decision that like was nerve wracking for me because the, this old lady was already like kind of like not mentally. I don't want to say mentally unstable, but she's like emotionally like easy riled, right? So she gets really angry. She's like this old, uh, like the stereotypical like grandma who's like, oh, watch your mouth, Sunny, and like JRPGs and. I get to her and I'm like thinking, do I tell her the truth? If I tell her the truth, she's gonna take her life. Is she gonna do like something drastic? I was like panicking. I'm like, what is the consequences for my action? Mm-hmm. And you're like, I want to tell her the truth. I want her to have closure. And then I told her, to, I told her the truth. And the music. So the, there's like three different tracks that play in in Seafront, which is the uh, village. So you have the outdoor theme, and then you have the indoor theme, which is like really calming, really soft. It's very acoustic. And then it changes. It completely changes. The tone and everything changes when you tell her the truth. Or you mm-hmm. give her the option. Yeah. And you're like, because of the tone change, it sounds like you're like, oh man, she's gonna die soon. Uh-oh. Just because of how like somber it sounds. And it's... Yeah. It you hits. mentioned uh, the Final Fantasy so X, like, the fact that it was lyrical was kind of like not as good. Um, there's a song that's constantly used in FF9 that is tied to the princess and it appears in different forms throughout the the soundtrack um and it never really got me like it was just like oh that's a rather nice song but the credit song that's when they pull out the lyrics on you and that's when i'm like ooh, my heart (laughs) oh it still is like the best song on the soundtrack to me because it just it's some it brings to summation like all all the like feelings that you've kind of kept to the side throughout the journey. Yeah, it, it's yeah. that connection you've made with the song over time. It's like to to Zanagan in ten, it's the same thing. But Suki Denai or whatever it's called, uh, the theme that plays, it's in a cutscene and it's it's like in the middle of the game, and it's an iconic sequence in the game because um, your main character uh, Titus, even though it's spelled Titus, but it's pronounced Titus according to SquareSoft, <laughs> um, comforts Nobody the, the, the SquareSoft. 
the uh, Squaresoft Square Enix. Sorry, I'm used to launching the game, and they're still called Squaresoft when you launch the game. And um, he's comforting Yuna. And so the sequence of where they're holding each other and they're kind of like crying is a very iconic sequence in the or image in the game. And the, yeah. in this cutscene, it has you know this Japanese lady singing in Japanese, and it's you have like lyrical tracks in the game, but they're all like latin because you have like the yevin theme it's like, it's like all monk singing and this is like the first time you have like actual words that are in a language at least i know and it's very just left field it's not a bad song but it's just jarring is the best way i can describe it and that's mm-hmm. what i feel like from what you're talking about where it, that there's a nice build-up in ff you said nine right there's that nice buildup because you have that familiarity with the song. Yeah. But Suki Denai has like a little bit of motifs from Suzanarkin. Yeah. But that's about it. The motifs I feel like aren't strong enough. To, Guys, I yeah. forgot to bring up the best silent protagonist of all time in any JRPG. Y'all ready for this? All right. Mario. Yahoo! This is technically Mario. true. Mario is uh, All Stars. Uh, Jer- Jer- right? yeah. Are you good, bro? Uh, All Stars. <laughs> There's Paper Hi, Mario Thousand Year Door. Mario RPG. Yeah, Mario, Mario. Paper Mario. Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. Technically, yeah. the Mario and Luigi series, sort of. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but in all of them, this the man, story. he brings the jokes. In Mario RPG, he's he's really only seen like he'll act out stuff. He'll just mime stuff because instead of being able to explain something to somebody, he has to like act it out, which is kind of goofy. And then the Paper Mario games, the comic relief from Mario is off the chain. This man is funny, funny, funny. I like. I, I, it's it's more kind of amazing how good oh. Nintendo was and Intelligent Systems, especially with Thousand Year Door, at making an RPG. I do. Wait, I do want to was that an Intelligent Systems game? Uh, yeah. Thousand Year Door was. Yes. Really? I didn't know I, that. I believe, if not, I'm confusing it with Mario and Luigi. Well, but no, that makes me happy though because, I um, fact checked on me. I mean, I, I, all I really rem- think of when I think of intelligent systems, I think, of course, Fire Emblem and I think Advance Wars. Mm-hmm. Which, man, I miss Advance Wars. Uh, it's a series that doesn't really get anything anymore. It's basically, it's basically the military, like, World War kind of, um, mm-hmm. Or yeah. Fire Emblem. Sure enough, it was made by Intelligent Systems. Yes. That's cool. Did. Yeah, no. No, Daniel brings up a good point, actually. <laughs> yeah. I kind of forgot about the Mario RPGs, to be honest. That's a that's a really good point. Is there a Sonic RPG? Unfortunately. Yes. Yes. It's in the, I think it's on the DS, right? Pickle Fast. Yeah, there's a bunch of like spin-off Art. games for yeah, Sonic, Sonic or something. I know there's this crossover RPG called like Project X Zone on the 3DS. Dang, that doesn't sound like the most made-up game in my world. <laughs> you consider? Dude, dude, can we talk about like how crazy some titles are? So the New Replicant remake, right? Is New Replicant uh, version 1.22474471139. Yeah, what's that number? Yeah, what's that number mean? Is it's there, like I'm pretty it, sure that's just the build number of the game. It's the build. Like, you know what? That's fine. <laughs> it's the build number of the game, and I think it's also like a uh, division of Pi. No, it's not. There's no. Uh, y'all making stuff up. Yeah, Probably. Stuff. Well, <laughs> you, I'm making things up. Not not Tetsuya Nomura with the Kingdom Hearts series. Kingdom Hearts 358. What is it? Over two days. 358. Well, well, uh, Daniel knows how to pronounce it correctly because he's done it before, and I don't remember on top of my head. 300. Wait, what? Kingdom Hearts 358 over two wait, days. No, 358 days over two. Yeah, that's like. 
the way it's positioned, it like it makes sense the way I said it, but the way he said it is the way how you're supposed to say it. It's so weird. Let me find the giant title. Hold on. Y'all keep talking. I'm gonna find. And then there's giant. like Kingdom Hearts zero point two final prologue. Yeah, final I just wait like... for each point one to increase. All right, y'all ready for this? Give me. This might be a good spot to end on because y'all are gonna be baffled. Your socks blown off. You ready? Yeah. All right. Made by Disney and Square Enix. Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue. Birth by 358 Days. Memories over 2. 3. Re- Remix X and Knuckles. <laughs> Featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry series. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Dante! He's there! Okay, to be fair, Dante would actually fit in, in Kingdom Hearts. He really would. <laughs> Nah, he's, he's too inappropriate. <laughs> Not Look at the dance in the fifth one? Like, like just styling on him, bro. Oh, man. No, no, no. Just, the, like, his mannerisms and, like, the way he speaks. Yeah, that... He's like Sonic, though. Or, no, he's like Shadow. He's like, so, damn. So, there's a... Um, <laughs> there was a JRPG. I mean, no, I know that's a good place to end, but I do want to bring this one at least. And it's getting a sequel this year. Uh, and I have at least one more like tangent as well we can finish up on it. It would be a good segment to finish up on. Uh, the World Ends With You uh, is getting its... After 10 years, it's finally getting a sequel. And I'm very excited for that. But that game, to me, was like my first game that was very Persona-esque. Because, you, um, Walker, you and I were talking earlier, right, about how Persona is very stylistic. It's very... Um, like, everyone's got, like, stylish clothing where they look, you know, they're in modern Japan or modern-esque or whatever time frame it's in. But they, they, they're very much, like, yeah. real-life kind of looking people. And World Ends With You is like that, too. But it very much reminds me of Bleach, where it has that uh, the anime Bleach, which has the stylization of the characters. But then the music, it's like Persona. You have English vocal music that feels like you're listening to, like, pop, punk rock um, you know, uh, pop music in the game and it gives the world life because you're in like the afterlife of Shibuya, Shibuya Japan, which is a uh, subsidy of Tokyo. Yeah. yeah, And it's, it's, um, it's great. I highly recommend to play, uh, any version of the game you can get your hands on. The DS version is by the best version to play, but the, um, switch version is also supposed to be pretty good. It's just the port is weird. Cause you have to play with the joy con and, the point features of the Joy-Con, and that sounds awful. Yeah, that sounds weird. But that was just a quick tangent because I wanted—I remembered to mention that earlier, and I kind of just forgot about it. On the topic of Persona, I know you mentioned it. Persona Five is a bad game because you can't romance say and get out of prison. All right, let's let's end the tangent. <laughs> so, I, so with JRPGs, and we're approaching E3 in about a month, and this oh, is yeah, where right. our final topic. So. We, I want to have a, well, this is something for our viewers to look forward to. We're going to have a E3 prediction show uh, later this month to tie in with E3, which is in June. Uh, if you don't, if you're not familiar with E3, E3 is a big convention. Normally uh, press conferences revealing new games and stuff that are going to be coming out. This is going to be the first E3 of um, the new console generation. So we're going to see PS5 and Xbox series x also bugs next i feel like xbox is basically being named <laughs> by tetsuya Nomura at this point because tetsuya or xbox has like awful like naming it's like xbox one xbox series x it's just weird but if i don't see bugs next two at e3 dude if i don't see kingdom pissed. hearts hg 2.9 final chapter prologue birth by 358 over two memories three days re remix x and knuckles featuring dante from the devil may cry series <laughs> and nero from the devil may cry series we're going to have a problem. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm right. leaving. Uh, do you want to plug? Do you want to plug yourself, Kelsey? Yeah, yeah. So, um, the tie-in with our E3 stuff, we will probably have that as our next episode, just to go ahead and have our predictions out. Uh, you can email your predictions and any question topics that you have to thefriendlyfirecast at gmail.com. It's da friendlyfirecast at gmail.com, and you can submit any questions or topics you have there. And yeah, that that would be a great way for you to plug in and re- contact us, and we can read your um, your chats essentially, and kind of have you a part of the show in a, in a way. Thank you for listening to the Friendly Firecast. We'll catch you next week. Until then, see ya.